stories of some of the world's greatest women unfold here. I am Annette Comer, your host, and each week the untold secrets of success, strength, and boldness of today's powerful women are revealed. This woman was a sales and marketing superstar in a Fortune 50 company, yet she was ignored and sexually harassed. And even though she was a strong young woman, this disconnect from what she was accomplishing to how she was being treated ended in a nervous breakdown. Then there was the betrayal in her marriage and her world crumpled and she lost the most valuable thing she had, her faith and trust in herself. But then something happened. She started to write books as well as showcase her brilliance on YouTube and a new astonishing path began to unfold and the seeds to greatness began to grow. It is my pleasure to introduce you to Andrea Ombright. Hi, Andrea. Thank you for joining me today. Hello. Thank you so much for having me, Annette. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you for that introduction. Yeah, and we're going to have a lot of fun today. So we're short on time, so let's dig right in. At the age of 23, you were a winner on the Wheel of Fortune. Now, many would have taken the winnings and purchased some things, but this is not what you did. Would you share how the Winning the Game show changed the course of your life and your career? Absolutely. Well, Winning Wheel of Fortune was my first experience with manifesting something and putting my mind to achieving something that everyone told me was absolutely ridiculous. I was actually 16 when I first declared I'm going to win Wheel of Fortune because I used to watch the show with my dad and we would bond over filling in the puzzles. And I was like, you can really win some money on that show. (laughs) And I remember the moment I said, I'm going to win Wheel of Fortune. And that took, uh, you know, I was 16 when I said that. I was 23 when I won. But I met people and I would say, I'm going to win Wheel of Fortune. And most people made fun of me. Uh, but every now and then people would say, okay, I believe you. And I was like, can we practice? Can we play a game of Wheel of Fortune? Because I was preparing for that moment when I got the chance to audition. And then when the whole thing came into fruition and then I actually won the show, that was where my whole destiny clicked because I realized I can create anything I want. And if I declare it and I put my mind to it and then you practice and prepare for it, that was the formula. When I won the money, my parents were like, congratulations, you're going to invest that into, you know, your future and investing. And I said, no, I'm moving to LA. (laughs) And I packed up my Mitsubishi Eclipse (laughs) with my two cats in the backseat. And I drove across the country with my Wheel of Fortune money and my dream. Beautiful, beautiful. So now let's fast forward to where you are now. So you currently operate a successful publishing company in Beverly Hills that is deemed a disruptor and it's shaking up the norm in this space. But it wasn't easy getting to this pinnacle of success. So tell me, how have you kept yourself going during the hard times? Well, I've always had the vision that I was here to help a lot of people. And it really is about service. And I'm an entrepreneur. I'm very creative. 
and my creativity fuels me and feeds me. And I've had this big vision where throughout my life, you know, most people have thought I was crazy. I was unrealistic. I was narcissistic and full of myself. But yet I have always seen that the gifts and the creativity is coming through me and it's really meant to be shared and to help and support other people. And so the ups and the downs, I actually write about it in my books. I mean, I have slept on yoga mats. I have bottomed out my bank account more times than I can remember. And what kept me going was the vision, the vision that was coming through me. And I'm so grateful that I allowed myself to listen to that inner voice and that vision above all else. Because now all those people who said I was crazy, now all of a sudden I'm a a genius and I'm disrupting an industry. (laughs) So it's a fine line, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. And something that you said that I really want to point out to our listeners is that that is very common among people like yourself that are driven and that have been realizing great success at some points along their career is that the common thread is all of you have had a big vision and have believed there is something beyond yourself that's giving you the drive, that's downloading the messages, and that you're not having to rely just little on you, that there's something much bigger helping you. And I sense that has definitely been the case for you, for sure. Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. I mean, I always say it's not about me. It's the message that's coming through me. And I'm in service of that message. I'm in service of the vision. I didn't choose it. It chose me. And it's a gift to say yes, because most people hear it or they see it, but they say no, or they spend their entire life trying to deny the vision or the message that is coming through them. And so the only thing I did that was different is I've just said yes, and I've surrendered to it. And that's a a beautiful thing. So, but as many do, Andrea, you struggled at some point along with being afraid of the judgment of others, especially when you wrote your first book. So how did you get past this? And then also, I want to know, do you still sometimes struggle with fear of judgment? Yes, I am absolutely a recovering, please like me, holic. Uh, I very much based my 20s and 30s around being liked, seeking approval. And the desire to be liked, I think it comes from a good place. You know, women, especially, we want to help people. We're, We're very nurturing. We're kind, considerate. I grew up in the South where hospitality and kindness is an art form. And so I've always wanted to be kind and nice and not disrupt anybody's life or upset them in any way. But when you are an entrepreneur and you see a vision for humanity and you know that you this vision is actually better and you are here to serve and here to help you're going to run into people who face their own fears and face their own judgments and face their own insecurities and when i wrote my first book i was terrified of you know nobody was going to like it 
people would say I was stupid and the only person who would buy it would be my mom. <laughs> and so I was like, why am I doing this? Why am I putting myself through this and writing a book that's like torture because of this fear of judgment? And the way that I got over it is I realized, you know, if I can help one person, if I can help one person with this book, isn't it worth it? Isn't it worth putting myself out there and the risk of judgment and rejection and being made fun of? I mean, isn't that really worth it? And so I was able to overcome my own fears and insecurities and release that first book. And I'm so grateful that I did because it went on to help thousands of people around the world. And of course, that's what launched the 25 other books that I've now published under my own authorship. And, and now I'm a publisher. You know, I, it's funny when you're talking about this judgment thing. I, uh, I had a, a flashback that when I wrote my book and launched it, when it went out, I almost threw up. Yeah. I mean, I truly, I was physically ill for three or four days. I, I just felt like that I had, somebody had peeled my skin off and everybody could see everything inside me. Yeah. It was, it was such an interesting, and I look back now and I think what, you know, wasn't that an interesting reaction mm-hmm. to something and how deep that fear of judgment can be for sure. So you have always been a beautiful and physically fit woman. But there was a time when you felt very unlovable. So what was your secret to returning to a place of seeing yourself once again lovable, not only to yourself, but also to others? Uh, Well, yes, I'm going to try not to cry because (laughs) even though it's been five years, I'm only now in a place where I can even talk about it. And that is the betrayal of my husband and when he left me for my bridesmaid. And that really rocked me to my core because at the time I was in the best physical fitness of my life. I actually had been on the cover of women's health and fitness magazine as an international leader in women's health. And we had this beautiful mansion in Malibu, five stories overlooking the ocean, multi-million dollar businesses. Everyone thought of us as a power couple. And I really thought, wow, I have achieved everything I've ever wanted in life. I've, I'm successful financially. I have this amazing career. I have my soulmate. And I remember thinking like, gosh, I've really made it. And it was soon after that when everything crumbled. And I mean, the whole identity, financially, emotionally, physically. And when I found out my husband was in love with my bridesmaid, and they actually went on to have a marriage ceremony, even though he and I were still married, it really questioned everything. I was like, well, who, you know, why would I choose this man as my husband? Why did I choose this woman as my best friend? You know, there's got to be something wrong with me that I would even pick these people. And also, I'm, I've made the most money I've ever made. I'm at the best peak of my physical fitness. There must be something wrong with me. I'm unlovable. And that was what really took me to the rock bottom of my entire life. And I ended up moving back to Texas to be with my mom because she was the only one I trusted. She was the only one I could even be around. I didn't even trust myself. 
And she had a bunk bed in her spare bedroom that she keeps for my young nephews. And I slept in that bunk bed for a year and just, you know, like a cocoon, healing and, and nurturing and, and really getting really crystal clear of like, what is this about? You know, why did this whole life and identity crumble? And what is being called to come from this? And it was in that bunk bed that I realized, oh, I need to serve more. I need to give more. I'm not done as an entrepreneur or as a leader. And once again, the same thing that helped me write that first book is it's not about you. It's about helping and being of service. And what if you could become a publisher and help authors to get their books and their message out to the world? Would that get you out of bed? And sure enough, it did. And here I am now, five years later. Trekking on along, aren't you? deeper on that. So certainly that portrayal cut so deep for you as it would for any woman. But you and I both know that business and life are full of betrayals and disappointments. Any entrepreneur knows this. So what has been your secret to not letting such a betrayal as what you experienced and others along the way define your ability to succeed? Is it been this, what you alluded to of getting outside of looking at yourself and looking how you serve others? Is that the key or has there been other things? Yes, it definitely, any time in my life where I've had breakthroughs and setbacks, you know, the setback that leads to the breakthrough. And I've had many, I mean, no one on the edge of evolution isn't, you know, I say you you get the arrows from the front and the arrows from the back because you are on the edge of, of humanity and evolution. And so I've had many of these, but Every time I've gone through it, it's like, why is this happening? What is this about? And the question always leads to, because you're meant to give it to others, because you're meant to help others through it. This isn't about you. It's about you understanding this message and this process so that you can give it back to others. And that is how I've gotten through every breakdown of my life. And the way that I see it is, you know, okay, I could either say, I will never trust another woman again. I mean, that was my best friend who I thought was like my sister. She was my sister as far as I was concerned. And I told her, you know, when I suspected the affair, I asked her about it and she denied it to my face. And I said, I trust you with my husband. I trust you. You're my sister. And so when that blew up, and by the way, we've never even talked to this day. Like she didn't ever even contact me to tell me. I mean, it just was, it was so disruptive of, you know, what you would think of as a friendship and a bond that you thought was your soul sister. And I had two choices. I said, okay, either I'm never trusting another woman again, or I am going to help every woman on the planet to invest in themselves, build a business, believe that they don't need a man to take care of them, 
Because here we are in 2015, and why are we fighting over a man? Like that to me, real, I realized, okay, this is my work. And if I can help raise the consciousness on the planet so that women are no longer in scarcity or competition, then this is all worthwhile. And that is the position that I've taken. And it has been a blessing and a gift to have this perspective. And, and I hope all of you listening really take that to heart because that is a beautiful advice that you've given. It truly is because it is the way to move forward. Because when you wallow in it and turn it inward, it just becomes a poison. Yeah. Don't you agree? It just eats you. Yes. I mean, I'll never forget the day I finally forgave him. And I realized I'm forgiving him. It has nothing to do with him. It's not about him. It's for me. I am forgiving him for me so I can let this go. I can heal. And it was a conscious decision. And the minute I said out loud, I forgive you. And I've forgiven her. And now I'm free. You know, I can talk about it. I can share about it. And I actually see them as my teachers. I see them as bringing experiences into my life that are so rich and so deep, like to feel that level of pain. I actually see it as a sacred gift that I carry with me because now all that I receive, I appreciate on an even greater, higher level than ever before. Wonderful. Wonderful. So now one last question. Along life's journey, you have always possessed what many would view as a male mindset, yet you have consciously held on to your feminine side. So why has this been important to you and what advice would you give other women like you? Yes. uh, You know, I guess I'm a man trapped in a woman's body. (laughs) No, I, I say that because I have a biology degree. I am very math and science minded but I'm also right-brained. I have communication and connection and art and culture. And so by being able to have that full perspective of life, you know, with, with business, it's obviously the logical scientific marketing is data and numbers and stats. And so I'm surrounded by men. I mean, my industry, publishing and marketing and internet marketing specifically, it's all men. I mean, I can't even think of other women that are playing at the level that I'm playing at as far as the behind the scenes of the business. There's many women who are the face of the brand, uh, but when it comes to the building of websites, let's say, it's very analytical, logical, strategic. And so that's just the way that I think. And it's a great asset for business. However, my experience in corporate America, where I was harassed, sexually harassed, and I had a nervous breakdown, I learned that I can't pretend like I'm a man and not have any creativity and beauty and elegance and laughter and joy and purpose and meaning and connection and community in my life. And it's not just about business and money for me. It has to have connection. And that is a very, uh, you know, it's a more feminine perspective. 
And so I've chosen to, you know, be in the man's world, but I'm a woman and I don't even really say it's a man's world. I just say I'm a woman in the world. And the way that men are now embracing me, you know, at first they were like, oh, you're here to find a husband. (laughs) And even the husband I married, I went five years before I ever went on a date with him because we were colleagues. And I wanted so much to prove that, no, I am here for business. I am not here to find a husband that, you know, I resisted him for five years and then he convinced me we were soulmates. And so it's been an interesting journey where the beginning of my career, they didn't quite know what to do with me and how to handle me. And they were suspicious of me, <laughs> but now they're, they get that they're like, oh, she's a player. She's here to evolve our industry. And so they are so supportive. I have the most amazing partners, both men and women. And I see that the evolution of humanity is that we can integrate these polarities. And so I even challenge people to say, you know, it's not masculine or feminine. It's about wholeness because we all have masculine and feminine traits within us. And I hope that no woman sacrifices her femininity to be successful in business because I've just seen that it doesn't work out well. It ends up draining the woman. It ends up, um, you know, there can lead to health issues, emotional, mental, physical. And so I believe in expressing all sides of yourself. And I believe humanity is ready for that. In fact, we're searching for leaders who are now the integrators. And that's beautifully said, beautifully said. And you have done a wonderful job on the business side and balancing that with the beautiful femininity that you have. And, And you're right. When women fight that, there is a battle that goes on within their soul and the deepest level that does, never gives them a feeling of peace and wholeness. So, exactly. So Andrea, is there anything else about your journey to greatness that we haven't covered that you'd like to share with other women? Well, it's it's been really fun disrupting this publishing industry. And this is the new step into leadership and entrepreneurship that I've taken on. And You know, it started with thinking like, who am I to think I could just be the publisher that disrupts this $20 billion industry. But just like with health and fitness, uh, I've listened to the market. I've really tapped into the audience and the authors are not being served by old fashioned publishing. You know, just because you can get a book doesn't mean that book is going to actually reach the market. And so I'm the first marketing firm and publishing firm combined And it's really fun because our success of the authors, I feel like, you know, it's more than just like my success now. I get to be the behind the scenes helping these authors reach their audience and impacting the people they're meant to impact. And so it's taken on a whole new level of service where, you know, I'm not the face of it. Yes, I'm the face of my brand and my message. But to be that publisher behind the scenes and without the recognition, you know, from the audience, but to be that behind the scenes cheerleader, helping people get through their fears and insecurities when they (laughs) release that book to the world. It's such a feeling of fulfillment and satisfaction on a whole new level. 
And I can't wait to watch as your greatness continues to unfold because I have no doubt that it's going to. Thank you so much for being here with me today, Andrea. And Andrea is another example of how women are challenging the norm, making things happen, and demanding their own greatness. So join me next time on the World's Greatest Women Show as another powerful woman's story unfolds. 